Thanks for tuning in to Shield Clocks Happens, where now you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Amazon. So tune in, sit back, and enjoy. This is Shilcox Happens Podcast. I'm Dustin Shilcox. With me always, Jameson Brown. What's going on, Jameson? Not much, man. Just same old, same old. Just having a good time in front of Mike. That's good. And today we have a, a great guest. It's my friend Lizzie Pritchett. Today it will be a phone interview. So Lizzie, thanks for coming on and joining us. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Good morning, early, but well for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, everything's going awesome. How are you guys this morning? It's We're, cold. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us all, I mean, just a little, I mean, I know a lot about you. Just tell a little background about your life right now, um, what happened to you kind of in a short sentence, and then we'll kind of get into all the details. All right. So um, I was living in San Diego, and I was hit by a trolley train, and it was going about 45 miles an hour, and um, I was just riding my bicycle, so I sustained a C5 vertebrae injury, a C5 spinal cord injury, and I had uh, three skull fractures and some broken ribs and a punctured lung and a broken scapula. I was pretty messed up, um, but I have since been going to therapy still, and uh, when I first woke up, I couldn't breathe on my own. I was hooked up to a ventilator and a uh, feeding tube and... Um, and I couldn't move anything below my shoulders. And the doctor said that, you know, I would never move anything again. And so now um, it's been almost five years, and I can my upper body and well, my arms. At least I'm getting a little bit of core strength, but um, not anything functional. And uh, same with my legs. I can move them a little bit, but um, not anything functional. I can't use them at all. But, I mean, I'm, I'm on the way, gaining stuff, so. So to give some perspective to the listeners, because a lot of listeners that we have on this struggle from all kinds of different life paralysis, whether it's addiction, whether it's you know struggles with family, whether it's paralysis uh, in regards to to spinal cord or in, any injuries like that. But what was life like before your in, your your injury? Like like were you active? Were you outgoing? What what were you doing? Oh my gosh, I think that's like honestly that's the hardest part about this injury is I was so active. So um, before my accident, I was racing motocross, and um, I, that was like my all-time passion. Uh, I was racing motocross, and I was into fitness, and I actually ended up getting the World National Championship bodybuilding fitness model, and then I got third in the bikini contest right behind Miss Fitness Universe from Australia, so that was pretty insane. I was super active. I, when I was living in San Diego, I'd moved there to run a gym that my boss was going to open up, but it didn't end up opening up uh, right away. So in the meanwhile, I was working at this awesome gym that was like right on Padres Stadium. So I could like go out on the balcony and, you know, watch the Dodgers play while I was riding the spin bike and watch the Dodgers and Padres or something. It was awesome. And then I taught Zumba on the beach and I worked at this nightclub called Whiskey Girl and just basically danced all night. I mean, that was kind of life was all about activity. And then when I was working, I was riding my bike or rip sticking or rollerblading or you know, whatever. Like, I was always just doing a ton, surfing and just loved, loved living. 
like that. So that's probably the hardest thing about this injury is that, you know, like Justin, I used to do, like, just everything that I could, everything I could take advantage of, I did. It's because it's crazy to me, you know, when she's talking about, like, her, like, active life and what she was doing, dude, I, I would think of everything else that would have caused it except for a trolley. I, oh, yeah, why don't you take them back to that day, Lizzie? Um, so you were riding your bike in San Diego, like tell yeah. me like what happened then like where, you were headed to work right yeah so i don't i don't remember the accident but i was told that i was riding my bike down a hill and i, I know where it's at so there's a lot of buildings and and traffic right there generally and i was riding my bike down that hill and i don't know if i uh saw one train it's a four track crossing so if i saw one train pass and i just assumed that i could keep going or, you know, I, I don't know if I just didn't see it because of all the buildings and, and traffic. But I didn't slow down. And some people said that the guard was starting to go up, but then it went back down. I, I'm really not sure. But anyhow, I didn't slow down. And there's like a 10 to 15 foot gap on the side where there's like no guard. You can just go straight out into the track. So I saw it at the last minute and I tried to stop and turn and just... It was going about 45 miles an hour, and it smoked me. So um, I don't really remember much of the ICU or anything. I remember, like, moments. But, um, yeah, when I woke up, I I had this long tube in my mouth, like, sucking all the spit out of it. And um, I was in a, a brace, so all I could really do is uh, look to the side, and I couldn't do anything. I was just still. Wow. So it was pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, I, I can't even yeah. think of, like, I, I can't even ponder that in my head, like, that whole scenario taking place from, like, a bystander standpoint or anything like that. Like, that's just crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine yeah. the... So who well, was... there were five people that year that got hit by that train, and um, and I'm the only one that lives, but, I mean, it, Reckless it's amazing. Train. Um, thank God it... It's weird because since I don't remember, like, even two days before the accident, it was like I was just, like, laying on the beach, and then I woke up, and I was, you know, in the hospital and picked up all this crap, so. So let's go to that. What was your, what was the first thought, like, that went through your head? Like, what were you thinking to yourself, and 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 how did you battle back to where you're at, I mean, where you're at right now? I mean, what, what was that first thought, and... and you know, how are you where you are now? Well, it, it's really crazy because initially, like, I I didn't feel that scared. Like, I mean, obviously, with the, my first moment, like, I can only remember parts, like I said, of the ICU. And what, that moment where I realized I was in the hospital and, you know, couldn't move. And I, you know, two in every hole. <laughs> and I was just hooked up to all this stuff, like, that was really scary, and my mom says I must have freaked out at some point because the nurses are like, yeah, she's, like, really upset, and she's freaking out, so I must have really freaked out at some point, obviously, but what, what I remember of it is, like, it, it's kind of crazy, my whole story with God, but another topic, but I didn't feel scared, like, I felt, um, like, yeah, and I also didn't understand the injury at the time. So for me, I've been hurt a lot. Like, I've been in a wheelchair before. I broke both of my legs and, you know, I've broken my face and ribs and, you know, I've broken 
a lot of them. So, like, I didn't understand it, and I just figured, you know, this was obviously a little bit more serious, but give me a year and I'll be up and trucking. And so I started out, you know, faithful, and I was like, you know, me and God are cool, we just met, so um, I'll be all right. And, and I think that, you know, what's really helped me too, and um, I, I said this not too long ago on, like, a, a Facebook post, I was saying how my parents have always told me I could do anything, and so I just have always been able to, to feel like I could do it, like that I could overcome this injury, whether it be physical or mentally, like I would be able to do it. And, and I think a lot of that has been just the encouragement around me, the people I'm surrounded by, people like Dustin who just motivate the shit out of me. And I'm just surrounded by a lot of great supporters and great people I wish that you- have always told me. I wish you could see how big his head just got there. Like it, like it literally started to to pump up. I, 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 can, I always am like unsure if I should say stuff like that because I'm like, I said earlier, I know he thinks he's pretty cool already. <laughs> I, uh, um, so you were you were super active, um, you know, motocross, all that stuff. You, I mean, obviously yeah. you're surfing, all that. What are you doing now? You know, what is life like now for for you? I'm in school, and after this semester, I will um, graduate. It's just my associates, but for me, that's like a huge accomplishment because before I tried the whole school thing, and it was like I could never sit still for long enough to actually, you know, do my homework or do anything for that matter. So school before was really hard, and um, now I only take like two classes a semester, and I take that online, but it's, it's hard because for me, like, I have to use Dragon Naturally Speaking since I can't use my hands. I can't really type or, like, math and science, you know, where you have to draw things or, you know, write things out. That is so frustrating. Like, you wouldn't believe how hard those subjects are. Not being able to, like, write stuff out or do your work. So it's taken a long time. It's been pretty frustrating, but I'm excited to almost be done with that. And I'm still going to therapy, which is another reason I only did the two classes per semester I'm, I'm still going to therapy and it, it's more of like a wellness program because we used to go to Salt Lake every week but um you know I just kind of wanted to at some point I was like gosh I just want to get back into life like I spend all my time at the hospital and therapy which I have you know great memories there and I love all the people there and so I wish that I lived closer because then I I would spend the time there but just traveling a lot kind of wore on me and so I'm doing wellness here in Elko and the standing frame that I use the um you know the Shieldcock Foundation donated to me I take that down there and it's it's cool because other people can use it and that I go to therapy with and then I um sold my upper tone um which is like an upper body strengthening system and it's kind of like a pulley system. Only people in wheelchairs can use it on their own. And I took that down there, so um, everybody down there can use it. And so I go down there and work out on that. And I spend like three and a half to four hours some days in therapy down there. So yeah. And oh, and I'm I just got engaged last year, so that's exciting. Hey, welcome to the yeah, welcome so. to the show. I mean. <laughs> Dustin yeah, just know. got married. I got engaged. I get married in July, and now you're getting married. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. We just we moved into an apartment, and it's awesome. It's and he's so great because I know that um, you know as a person like in a wheelchair, I know there's 
a lot of insecurities that come with it. And he's awesome. He makes me feel wonderful and beautiful. And he, yeah, he's really great. He, he's so patient with me. And, and I, I feel really bad sometimes because, you know, when someone becomes your caregiver, it's, so hard like to not be it's hard to distinguish like you know we have our separate like romantic relationship and then he's also my caregiver and to try to you know be patient with him when he's taking care of me because I love him and and he does take such great care of me that's the hard part but it's been really great because like I said he is so patient with me and I need to be a little more patient than probably <laughs> so, so when's your when's your but, big day we haven't set a date yet, um, just because of eligibility, because he works a seven-on-seven um, seven off schedule, so uh, my mom still takes care of me, you know, half the time, and it would mess with my eligibility for uh, home health care and stuff like that, and, you know, like catheters and all my medical stuff, it's just all expensive, and so if we were married, I mean, I would have insurance, but I wouldn't be eligible for, like, home health care and stuff like that in in that sense. So we're kind of waiting on a few things. We want to actually go to China and or or Thailand or wherever else we find up. I'm still doing research, but I want to see if we can go get some stem cell and, and so we're saving up for that rather than saving up for a big wedding. We just want to, um, you know, see what we can do and see where that takes me. Yeah, that's exciting too. That's, that's a whole other avenue as yeah. far as, you know. Scary. Yeah, that's, it's scary, but it's exciting. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're going to do stuff like that because I'm interested in looking like, at the same thing. Yeah. You know, I I was telling my mom, like, I wrote this awesome speech in one of my speech classes and um, it was a, like, persuasive speech, but I could just change it a little bit. And I, like, want to write a letter to, you know, uh, Donald Trump because I feel like he is changing things and he's not afraid of the political side of, of things. He says what he wants to do and... He does it, and so I was like, I just want to write a letter to him about how, like, you know, they can allow crazy things like, you know, sex changes and other surgery like that, but they won't allow us the choice to, even if it's a risk to do stem cell, you know, like, that's a risk that I'm willing to take. Like, yeah, I know there are a lot of crazy uh, stories and risks, but I'm willing to take those because I do want to be healed and it's something I'm willing to try you know like as long of course as I do my research on the facility you know or how they do it I know you know embryonic uh, stem cells like very controversial but they don't they have so many other like types of stem cell there's adult stem cell and you know like I mean I don't know all the the medical names but you know what I mean there's so many other ways that we could go about doing that in the United States and I feel like that's a very controversial topic, so I won't go too much into it, but I just feel strongly. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with controversy, I promise you that much. For... Yeah. Well, that, that is a, well, a touchy subject, like she said, because, you know, people don't want that happening in the United States because they say it's dangerous or they don't know what's going to happen. But when you're actually talking to someone like Lizzie or myself or really anybody living with a spinal cord injury or other kinds of, you know, medical problems that, you know, are just changing your whole life, what, like... Like she said, I mean, that's a chance you're willing to take if maybe, you know, to get your hand function back, to get your bowel or your bladder, your sexual function back, to get your something that might change your life. I mean, people, you know, and the people that are trying to watch over you are, you know, standing there perfectly normal and they're looking over the benefit of someone who 
is like, you know, I'm willing to, to try something because we already know how tough life is and I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, like Lizzie said, you know, that's something that I would want to try as well. Well, I think, I think you bring up a good point too, Lizzie, which is, you know, if, if other minority groups have such a strong voice in regards to what people can say and can't say, the equal rights should also be, you know, be placed upon another minority group, which would be those who do have spinal cord injuries. I mean, it's called for what it is, but if if one side can get such a massive voice, the other side should have this equal amount of massive voice. And I think that that what you're doing is commendable. I think that's a that's a big deal. And I think a lot of people need to respect that. Yeah. Well, and I feel like too, um, if you like research success stories from stem cell, you see some amazing things like. Just since I've been researching it, this little girl was born without a windpipe. And, you know, I obviously don't know the procedure, but they took some of her stem cells and, you know, whatever, swirled around a Petri dish, I'm not sure. But they they grew her a windpipe, and now she's perfectly normal. She's fine. They're um, starting to, to cure blindness. And I don't know, it's a certain type of disease where children are born and I don't know if their their eyesight goes away or if they're just born without it but they're starting to get results from that they're like curing blindness that's huge and then another one I saw was this guy was burned really badly like really badly and almost unrepairable and he went and they took some stem cells from him and I don't you know I don't know how they did it but they ended up just using like some type of bottle to to miss these stem cells over his burnt skin that wouldn't, you know, be able to repair itself. And a few weeks later, he was growing skin. And not only growing skin, but it, he didn't have any scarring. Like, he didn't have to do skin grafts or anything. So it's just crazy all the success they're having with it. But the FDA is not about to approve it because I feel like they don't want to cure things. They just want to treat them. And I know that's also... <laughs> You know, it could be a very controversial thing, but yeah. I did research it, and it's like they allow these ingredients. There's like countries all over that are um, that have these 16 ingredients that are banned from their country, yet the FDA allows us to have them in our foods and all that stuff. And the reason that they're banned is because they cause abnormal growth, uh, cancer, stuff like that. They're banned in other countries from that, but yet we're allowed to have them in our food. Like, that's crazy. I like her because, dude, she doesn't hold a freaking punch, man. No, she does. You know, but it's so so true when you hear that. Like, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know if that's the way you want to look at it, but, like, I feel like when she's saying um, that in the United States, the FDA is holding back, like, having, like, stem cell and all these things are closer to a cure for spinal cord injury. And, like, she says, well, if we do that and all of a sudden we're all walking, imagine all the people in the wheelchair industry. Oh, they're out of jobs. They're out of, they're out of jobs, you know. So basically, if we don't stay paralyzed, we're going to have a huge... But I think I think it also brings up another undertone, which, in my opinion, and this is as a marketer, when you're watching commercials, you kind of pick up stuff, right? Yeah. And I will watch a sport broadcast or I'll watch a... I mean, Grey's Anatomy is another good example, or anything on Hulu, where it's like it feels like every five commercials or something about something that's going to treat one element... But then if you like read or see the undertones of that commercial, it's like, but we'll cause this and this and this and this yeah, and oh, this. Yeah, right? And I'm sitting there going, wait, they can have this problem, but yet they're throwing up a red flag to a scenario that could very potentially cure 
an element that plagues quite a few people. I mean, spinal cord yeah. injuries are a common thing. They're more common than what we see in some of the stuff that Hollywood's screaming about. You know, they're, they're, they're more common than what you see a lot of different liberal groups are screaming about. And that's not, that has nothing to do with what they're saying is not important or valid. But this is just as important and valid is to find the opportunity to cure a injury that for all intents and purposes, I think we all in the same room believe that there is something out there that we're just not focusing right on. Oh, I agree. Because like, you know, and I know they say like someone gets paralyzed every 45 minutes. Yeah. And with a paralysis and Lizzie knows, I mean, and I don't think the world knows how expensive, how life changing and what a whole different new life it's going to be when it, when that happens. I mean, it's unbelievable the stuff. I mean, just a wheelchair I'm sitting in, it doesn't look like much, but it costs ten thousand dollars. Lizzie, Lizzie, I know is in a like she has a, a manual chair and also a power chair. How much was your power chair? My power chair was almost thirty thousand. Thirty thousand for a that's power a chair. Car. For a, yeah, for a car. I mean, and that's and that's so. Here's two people. We're forty thousand dollars just in the stuff that we maneuver around it. And now you're talking catheters. You're talking, I mean, there's just a list that goes on and on and on. And that's just yeah. for spinal cord injuries. I mean, and that's just, it's amazing. Like, like so it's like the cure is needed. Illness and, and all those other expenses. And not to mention just trying every outlet we can to be healed. Like we're trying acupuncture and we're trying, you know, changing our diets or eating more of something. We're trying essential oils. We're trying infrared therapy. I mean, and those all cost money, too, to try because insurance doesn't cover, you know, a lot of those societal or holistic medicines like that. And and so it, it's, it's crazy. Not only are the medical things that you have to pay for, that you have to pay for to survive, you know, those are expensive. And also they jack up the price for any anything medical like there's this one it's like a an extension to the your wheelchair so that your manual chair can go like all terrain and it's all it is basically is like a wheelbarrow tire hooked to like a, a long i don't know like an axle type thing so that you can lift your front casters off the ground that would normally be like what um 50 bucks 100 if it's like super flashy or whatever just for a tire and a little rod but it's 500 dollars just because Someone might need it for their wheelchair. I mean, things like that. Like that's crazy. Are you are you talking about the free wheel? uh, I don't. That might be what it's called. I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's something like that. So, yeah, it is called a pitch. My mom pitched in. And, yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. the one thing that I am seeing in result to who you are as a person, the drive that you have, all this stuff, is I'm noticing that you're an incredibly driven individual. And so more kudos to you for trying for not just sitting back and just saying that this is the cards that I've been dealt. And I mean, it's the same thing I've been seeing with Dustin since I've known Dustin for the last, what, almost eight, right. nine months now is that is that there's no quit like there there you're driven to something and it's you're going to try everything and so more more kudos to you regardless of controversy and fda approvals i mean i i could care less if it gets you walking then it means quite frankly that it could probably get dustin walking that's a big deal well and i'll tell you first off is like and thanks to lizzie for giving me that shout out about me being motivation for her but there is nobody out there that I think is a harder worker, a better attitude, and has 
just the best outlook on life than Lizzie because I've seen her do things. I've seen her. It's the attitude. I mean, and I'm not talking, I'm not trying to say that her life is harder. I mean, but I've hung out with her a lot in my life. And as we've done things together, I just realize how much more adversity that she faces than I do. So I have no room to complain when she has more drive, a better outlook, and she doesn't let things get her down. And even when at most times, you know, we all have our bad days and stuff like that. And we've done that numerous times when I've had my hardest days in my life. I've called her, especially at the beginning, because I met her at the beginning of, you know, the first year and a half of my injury. And it's that was so good for me to have someone I could call who I could actually relate to, except for, like I said, things that I would complain about. I mean, I'm like, all right, I shouldn't even say this to you because Lizzie has a bigger plate than what I do, and she just handles it like a like a champ. I mean, it's just amazing to see what she does. Speaking of your wow. guys' history, tell us about this side-by-side uh, adventure that you guys had a few years back. Well, I'll, t- I'll start it off for you, Lizzie, and then you can yeah. tell them the story. because So she lives in Elko, Nevada, and I was in Salt Lake, and I have a side-by-side. So I drive to Elko to go stay the weekend with her, and... The morning we took out the side-by-side, we go in there, and obviously she doesn't have full hand function and arm function, so we actually ratchet-strapped her to the passenger side of this what? wildcat. I didn't, what, 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 I mean, what is that? You're getting ratchet-strapped. What does that feel like, Lizzie? It was, it was like, her idea. I felt this bad was, doing This it. was your idea? Yeah, I, I still need, like, my adrenaline rush, so, I mean, I was like, all right, you know how we could do this is just make, like, a harness, strap one here, strap one across my chest the other way, like, I'll be golden. But, you know, it's, it's kind of freaky, like, when we're going, like, super fast, and, you know, normally your first, you know, whatever, your instinct is to hang on. And since I can't do that, I'm just, like, my arms are, like, you know, flying everywhere. But I loved it. It was, it was awesome. Well, and I told her that, because when we first went out there, you know, I was, and I'm not saying, like, I'm this champion rider, but I like to ride aggressive on the Wildcat as well. And the, that I know that she was next to me, ratchet strapped in. I'm sitting there, you know, I was going somewhat fast. And she's like, are you going to go or not? And I told him, like, at the end, I was like, you know, honestly, I'm normally not very impressed with people's driving skills or their riding skills. Just because, and not that I was, like, super amazing on a dirt bike. But, but you did Like, it. I could hold my own. Yeah. I could hold my own. And so I said, I was like, you know, I'm pretty impressed because, like, he doesn't have enough core to just keep both hands on the wheel, and he doesn't, he's not using the gas and brake with his feet, you know. So I was like, impressed with how not only did he drive good for someone in a situation, but he just drove like good for anybody, you know. So I was like, all right, all right, I like it. Okay, so you guys are out there tearing up the tracks, and then what happens? Why don't you tell uh, Lizzie what happened at the end there on our way home? Oh, so luckily we were close enough to where we had service, um, and we were just mobbing across these whoops. Like, um, like that we have it's really whooped out where we're at. It's like sandy and, and whoops back there, and um, so we were just skipping across the top of these whoops like pretty hard, I must say. And um, then all of a sudden it was just like, and he was like. We, we stopped, and we came to stop, and I was like, oh my, uh, like, what's going on? And he's, like, sitting in the, um, you know, the driver's seat, and he's like, I'm going to check this out, and, like, falls out of a wildcat, basically, and 
I can't see him anymore. So I'm like just sitting there like, oh, gosh. And he's like, all right, well, we uh, broke the axle and uh, snapped some of the lug nuts out of the hub. So I was like, oh, my gosh. And so he gets back in and grabs our phone. And luckily, we had service because out there in most spots, you don't have service. So we ended up calling my mom and, and stepdad and uh, we're like, well, we think you can get to it because there's one spot that's like pretty, pretty sideways, but you can drive up to, to that point. So they didn't have to walk too far, but they drove up to that point. They couldn't get the truck passed and they walked up to us and they're like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> you're not going to be able to, um, to get out of there, you know, we're not going to be able to get you out of there. So we had Steve push along the one side and the one side that was where the, axle was snapped was the downhill side so Steve is like pushing up the weight of you know us and and the wildcat so we can at least get close enough to the truck so he can transfer us into the truck and and Dustin's driving and he's like pushing up against the wildcat on the side hill and oh my gosh it was so sketchy but he got us back to the truck and and transferred us in and then uh we went back to the house my mom and I but then Dustin and him had to go back out, and he can tell you that part of the story. I don't really know yeah. that way. Well, so, yeah, we got us back to Lizzie's house, and the Wildcat's still out there. So Steve and I take the truck and trailer to load up the side-by-side -side to bring it home. We get to the where the Wildcat's at, and I back up to it. Steve goes out there and lets the door down. And usually, so in the Wildcat, I have hand controls. Mm -hmm. So he starts up the Wildcat, and he put the hand controls on the ground well the gas pedal stuck and the wildcat took off with no one in it and it slams into the back of the trailer like got caught up in the door like and so now obviously i can't help him do anything because i'm in a wheelchair just, like, waving at him like yeah. good luck with that buddy yeah, seriously so he was out there for probably i don't know 30 minutes to 45 minutes because he had to take the door basically off the trailer drag the wildcat back like slide it over and finally I think Lizzie and her mom ended up coming out there again, but he finally got the wildcat put back into the trailer and we got out of there. But it's it's more crazy just that our day together on the wildcat was just so fun for the both of us. But to think, when you actually think where we were, the things we were actually doing, like we were climbing hills, we were jumping. We actually went through a river, I remember, like that like our legs and everything got wet, which we can't feel our legs, but like water's running on through the wildcat. Like, But to think, and no one was with us. So you have these two paralyzed people out in the middle of nowhere riding these things and with no service. I mean, and it, it was just a a fun adventure and like us having the chance to live like, you know, there was nothing wrong with us. And it was so fun. It was crazy. So with, with that, um, you know, where can uh, what's what's your message to people? What do you want? What do you want? People are going to hear this, you know, the the hundreds of people that listen to this and. And people that are, are looking for a light at the end of the tunnel, what's your message to them? One thing that has gotten me through it, like I said before, is, is feeding your spirit. And whether that be, you know, with God, like myself, like that's how I get through things. And But also the people around me, like feed your feed your spirit with whatever it may be, whatever pumps you up. And listening to music is what gets you pumped up or motivated to do things. Do that more. And if it's hanging around with people who motivate you, like, you know, like how I would call Dustin or Dustin would call me, 
do that more. If that's what fuels your fire, do that. Like, you, you just need to do things that feed your spirit, and that's how you get through this life, through the hard times, is you find a way to motivate yourself. Like, I find myself listening to the motivational speeches of others or looking up success stories and, and spinal cord injury or the new things that they're doing or feeling, and I'm just always feeding myself with all these, like, good positive things and and so with those I can I feel like you know I might not get it today or tomorrow but one day I feel like I will and I just gotta keep my eyes on pride <laughs> so I, I'd say feed your, feed your soul feed your spirit like do things that um you know motivate you and make you feel good surround yourself with good people where can uh where can people find you learn more about you and how can they support you I would say you can find me on Facebook. This sounds really bad, but um, I'm at my friend limit, so uh, I don't. I'm not actually allowed to have more friends, like unless you know people fall off there, then I can add more. But I just started a YouTube channel, and I only have like one video on there that's old. But I'm gonna start posting more videos to that. I have a blog website, which is lizzyp308.com, and hopefully I'll get to start a little bit more on that too. Um, but anyone can, you know, if you reach out to me, if you send me a message on Facebook, even if we're not friends, I always try to reply to everyone. And I'm going to start a GoFundMe pretty soon, or it's it's not a GoFundMe, it's a different style, but it, it's similar. I forget what it's called. Uh, but I'm going to make that just so we can help with fundraisers to go to China. And um, when I start up that, that'd be super helpful uh if anyone wants to contribute to that but i'm not asking for anything like we are gonna save up enough to to hopefully go but um you know i just want people to know my story and really if if they want to help me just you know spread spread the word spread my my videos or if they inspire you like let me know because it's those things that really also get to move forward is like knowing that i'm still helping others because that's like the one thing that I feel like since my accident, since I can't help people physically, it's like now I've never wanted to help, you know, people so much before now that I can't. So like, that's my big goal is to just inspire or motivate or, you know, help people in their faith. So honestly, that's the biggest way to help me is just send me a comment and let me know that I, that maybe I helped you or that I am doing my, doing my part there. Oh, awesome. Well, thanks, Lizzie, once again for coming on and uh, sharing your story and stuff like that with everyone. It's uh, It was great having you on here in Jameson. Yeah, well, and, thank you, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate it, and, and we, we, you know, we, we are excited for where your journey is going to go. That's going to be exciting. Um, and, yeah, good luck with everything, and, and keep us posted. You know, if you do have that, uh, when you start that, that GoFundMe, let us, let us know. We'll see what we can do to push that out for you. I will. Thank you so much. It was awesome talking to you guys as well. All right. Well, have a good one. Cool. All right, Lizzie, we will talk to you later. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to another episode of Shieldcocks Happens. Uh, like every episode, we always feel really inspired by all the guests that we have on this. Uh, so thank you again to Lizzie for, for jumping on that call with us. Um, if you would like to be on Shieldcocks Happens and feel like you have a great story that you'd love to get out to more people that could be inspiring, uh, visit us on Facebook at Dustin Shieldcox Foundation or find us at uh, DustinShieldcox.com. 
Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud, and you can now download our episodes on iTunes. Uh, so look for us wherever you can find us. Thanks, and have a great day. You have just tuned into another episode of Shield Clocks Happens. Find previous episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Amazon today. If you would like to be on our podcast and have a story that you want to get out there, visit us at www.dustinshieldcox.com or private message us on Facebook, and we'd love to have you on the show.